The scripture for the day is Luke 24, verses 44 through 53. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. So I was standing about 10 inches away from a sure and certain death yesterday evening. It was one of those moments where I was standing on the highest point in Alabama on Mount Chiahaw. And as I was uh, standing out on one of the rocks um, at Pulpit Rock overlooking uh, the valley, just the vastness of Chiahaw State Park and the Talladega National Forest and Uh, Just the beauty of Alabama as the sun started moving towards the horizon at sunset. You could see uh, Anniston and some of the other towns. Uh, Just this beautiful view. And yet, uh, if you just glanced down 10 inches in front of me down the face of the cliff and realized that uh, uh, just a crazy bird or a wild sneeze or uh, just a shifting of the rock, and uh, this could turn into a very tragic, tragic moment. And yet I was there to do a job. And so as I shifted with my heels pointed towards that cliff about uh, 10 inches away, uh, I turned around uh, and began my work of saying, uh, Dearly beloved, we are gathered here as friends and witnesses uh, to celebrate and to bless the marriage of John and Mary Patterson in Christian marriage. And what a moment it was to celebrate Um, a wedding um, with the whole state of Alabama sprawled out in front of us and the sun uh, moving towards the horizon in just an incredible uh, opportunity of maybe one of the most scenic weddings um, I think I've ever done. Now, I've never preached with the danger of falling off a cliff before, so that was a new experience for me. Um, But, as many of y'all know, the way that photography goes, I told this story at at the 8.30 service, and afterwards, Lavender came up to me, and she said, yeah, but did you have to stand that close to the cliff? 
And I said, well, what happens when you're in a wedding is uh, you have this thing called lighting. And when you have a photographer that you've paid thousands of dollars to, to have, uh, you want to make sure that you have the perfect light. And so uh, the rock where uh, they stood and had uh, some moments in their past that were significant for them, they wanted to get married on that rock, which required me to stand out a bit further on that rock than they did. And so we were able to have a wedding uh, right there on Pulpit Rock on Mount Chiaha, uh, overlooking uh, the vastness of the Alabama wilderness. Um, and yet it sort of struck me afterwards in thinking about it, of uh, how quickly um, I was sort of balancing between joy and tragedy. Uh, just making sure that just one false step didn't send me off the edge. That if I was going to fall, I wanted to fall uh, forward towards the couple and not backwards towards the cliff, right? But yesterday evening was, uh, was almost like a microcosm of the last two weeks for me. Um, this balance between uh, moments of incredible celebration and then just inches away from tragedy, bouncing back and forth between uh, tragedy and celebration, between joy and grief. Uh, just this last week, I had a chance to uh, drive to Texas to, uh, to celebrate my niece's graduation. And I did not even realize that through the day of spending about 14 hours in the car, uh, that anything had happened in the state of Texas till I got to the hotel room about 10 o'clock at night and saw the headlines of what had occurred in Texas. And so it, it was difficult to have moments where you were bouncing between celebrating a tremendous accomplishment and then uh, grieving a tremendous tragedy. Um, and yet, so often in life, that, that seems to be where we ca get caught as, as individuals. Our, our whole life is sort of bound up in this very complicated, this very difficult web of, of difficult things that happen to us at the same time of balancing out with hopeful things. Uh, we get caught in these moments of um, just being inches away from tragedy and inches away from joy. Um, and yet, um, it's in that moment that we still experience these moments of knowing that God is with us. So God catches us in those moments. God greets us in those darkest valleys. God greets us on the edge of those cliffs of hopelessness, uh, but also greets us and joy, and celebration, and accomplishment. And so we find ourselves in very unique moments in life, asking, what in the world can we do? And God answers us with the gospel truth that we can do anything because God is with us. Now, when the pastors and the staff, we got together several weeks ago and we began to uh, think through what the preaching would look like through the end of May and into the first part of June, we, we thought of this sermon series called Leveling Up. And, uh, and we imagined the sermon series sort of uh, capturing some of the lessons of the ascension, uh, walking through the day of Pentecost and uh, celebrating the grace, uh, the outpouring of God's love through the Trinity, um, and so the next several Sundays were wrapped up into the sermon series called Leveling Up. And uh, at the time, we, we didn't realize um, that we would be gripped in moments of national tragedy. Um, that over the last several weeks, we've seen uh, mass shootings all the way from Buffalo in a supermarket to California in a church to uh, a school classroom in Texas. 
And yet, as we wrestle with these moments of grief and of tragedy, of being caught between uh, the same season that we find ourselves in, of graduations, um, of, of celebrating accomplishments, of uh, summer vacations, of dunking booths in the parking lot for end-of-school-year celebrations, we find ourselves bouncing between these moments. Uh, even here at this church, we had uh, celebrations of graduation Sunday last week and then uh, Memorial Day today. Bouncing between memorial and celebration. And yet what we find in these lessons of Ascension and of Pentecost and of Trinity is that there are still some gospel truths that come out even in the midst of some of the hardest spaces in life that remind us that God is with us. That God has a purpose for us. And that God loves us more than we will ever know. And so on this Ascension Sunday... Uh, we find ourselves in the midst of a story of Jesus leaving the disciples. And so they too are caught up almost in this bouncing back and forth between uh, grieving the loss and the death of Jesus, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, and now Jesus leaving them. Uh, because the story that we read today is the first ascension story in the Gospel of Luke. And I say that in the Gospel of Luke because the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts um, is really the same book, just kind of a chapter one and a chapter two. Uh, the same author telling a story that continues even to today. And, and those two stories, the, the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, they hinge, they turn uh, right here at the story of ascension. And so on the ascension story that we read today, this ascension happens on the day of the resurrection. It happens on the day in which Jesus appears to the disciples on the walk to Emmaus. And there will be an ascension story that the author includes in the first chapter of Acts, which occurs 40 days later. But these two ascension stories, they bring together some gospel truths of what it means for Jesus to empower the disciples, for Jesus to inspire them and to paint a picture of what it looks like for them to take the reins of the story of the gospel of God and to bring the kingdom of God to every corner of this world for hope and life to be declared and for them to go forth in power and in life. You see, because there's not much to celebrate when we think about the one who has come to us and who's lived with us, the word incarnate made flesh, God being with us, resurrected and appearing before their very eyes, now saying, I'm going to leave. Now it's up to you. That's a scary story. That's a difficult moment. And even Jesus addressed it in some of the scriptures that we read last week in the farewell discourse that Jesus has for the disciples, that they're going to feel orphaned. They will feel abandoned. It will feel difficult and it will feel dark. And they will find themselves on the edge of hopelessness, wondering how in the world they can last. And yet Jesus is telling them to turn their heels to that cliff of hopelessness because there's still more work to be done. And that, more, that, that work will have moments of joy, it will have moments of celebration, it will have moments of grief as well. But they will find themselves at peace because they will be doing the very work of God that they've seen come alive in front of them. And so this point in the story, ascension, is the turning point. It is closing the chapter of Jesus' ministry here in the earth and it's starting the chapter of our ministry. 
of saying Jesus has showed us everything that we need to see. He has taught us everything that we need to hear. And it's now our turn to take the reins and to carry this story even further. To bring to life everything that we've seen and everything that we've witnessed and to make the peace that we've experienced and the blessings that have been poured out in our lives and now give that away just as freely to the world as God gave it to us. And why that, why that becomes such a scary story for some of us is because we keep waiting for somebody else to do that work for us. Because to make peace real, to make hope alive, requires us to go into those very dark and difficult places. It, was, it, it requires us to go into hopelessness. It requires us to go into difficulty and to bring the very life and the light of God with us. And we want somebody else to do it for us. Some of us, we might even pray for those miracles and ask God to do it for us. If God would just show up, if God would just work, if God would perform the miracles that we've seen that God would do, then maybe this world would be turned around. But unfortunately, miracles don't change the world. The world was not changed because Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave. The world was not changed because Jesus healed the blind man. The world was changed because disciples saw it and then decided to tell the world about it. Because they were so transformed by being that close to God and seeing the life of God make a way for peace in the world that they were transformed and then began to make that peace in the world in their lives as well. And they took that story into communities and they took it into the streets and they took it into their workplaces and they took it into all those places in the world that required hope and life. Because Jesus says, I'm not sending my miracles into the world, I'm sending you into the world to do miracles, to do goodness, to do justice, to do mercy, and to show that there is something in this life that is everlasting, that is eternal. And that work belongs to each and every one of us. Every single one of us that's here in this room, that's watching online, we are commissioned by God to go forth and to make peace and hope and life real in this world. Each and every one of us has been chosen and commissioned by God to go and to make the very kingdom of God real in this world. To bring peace to life. To not wait on somebody else. To not give up the opportunity. Because the story is, if we go home, if we go back to our fishing nets, we go back to our living rooms, we go back to standing on that cliff and not turning around to do work, then there's people in this world that will never experience peace. There are people in this world that will never experience the fullness of hope. There'll be tragedies in this world that continue to unfold until we realize that we have been gifted with the responsibility of joining together with God to make all things new. We are a part of God's plan to save this world. It requires each and every one of us to not take a day off, to not look to somebody else, but to walk into some of those most difficult parts of life and continue to speak words of hope and of grace and of life, of encouragement 
and to be active in building the very life of God. Because as we stand on cliffs of hopelessness where things like pandemics and a European war that, that threatens to spin out of control at any moment and uh, shootings in supermarkets and churches and schools, as they continue to flood our screens and our headlines and our communities, it feels hopeless. It feels like that wave of darkness in the world is just so ready to push us off the edge of the cliff. And yet when we stand in defiance of that, as we stand as agents of peace, as we stand as agents of life and of hope, we turn around, we put our heels to that cliff of hopelessness, and we start to do good work that brings people together, that changes the world in a way that nothing else in this world will, because God has given us a spirit like unlike anything else in this world, that has power, that has life, that has purpose, and drives us forward to make a kingdom that is unlike anything else in this world. And so we work for peace. We work for a day to where warriors will no longer be needed. We work for a day in which the weapons of war will be bent and melted down into plowshares. And days of peace are ones that will tell stories about wars that used to occur. And yet the kingdom of God has become real and that peace is alive in our lives. And I believe that this promise is real. And I believe that this promise is being spoken over every single one of us here today. One of the lines that came out of our scripture today is that as Jesus took them to Bethany, he lifted his hands and he began to bless them. And he said, while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. While he was blessing them, he never stopped. He didn't pray an amen over that blessing. There's no benediction that comes at the end of the ascension. As Jesus is being lifted up into heaven in this particular moment, he is still blessing the disciples. He is still in the act. And it is my belief that that blessing is still being prayed over every single one of us. It is a blessing that never ends. It is a blessing that is being prayed over this whole earth. It is being a blessing that sends us forth to do good work. And I believe that that blessing never ends because I believe that that blessing that Jesus prayed over the disciples and over the world and over the ministries of the kingdom of God in that moment, I believe included you. I believe that blessing included every single one of us. And the reason why I think that blessing never ends is because our work is not done. And that Jesus sends each and every one of us to go and continue the good work of the kingdom of God. To be agents of life and of hope and of peace. And to make very real the kingdom of God. In our schools, in our supermarkets, in our churches, on the battle lines of the wars of this world, in our families, and in our lives. May that hope and peace be real. Because we're willing to take steps to make it real. Amen and amen. Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks, Lord, because you have showed us what peace looks like. You have showed us what grace and mercy look like. And you have showed us the power that passes all understanding in this life that stands in the defiance of hopelessness and calls us to go and to build the kingdom of God in this world. Help us to do the good work. Help us to do the hard work. 
to turn our heels on the cliffs of hopelessness and to find that there is still joy in the work of building hope and of life and of peace. You have commissioned each and every one of us with a special gift and opportunity and place in this world to build your kingdom. Let us not look to anyone else, but let us join together and build it with your Holy Spirit. As we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen.